Happy Friday. Welcome back to Michigan Speak Out. My name is Keith. I'm glad that all of you have joined us this afternoon and this weekend. We are here to talk to Ron Varash in our Friday race preview. Be aware that there are a number of changes in mask ordinances and mask rules that are happening here in this area. Beacon Medical is now requiring all of their facilities to mask up again. Kroger is encouraging people to wear masks. I mentioned that earlier this week. Walmart is also uh, changing some of the mask guidelines as well. They are expecting their employees to be back on masks. And uh, there are just a number of other changes that are coming. So we will be getting a report in the next few days from John Schaefer on the, the COVID situation. Um, also, if you have gotten your Moderna vaccine, um, according to 95.3 MNC earlier today, it was reported that Moderna is asking or letting folks know that a booster shot most likely will be needing it after six months to reboost your immunity and to get those uh, coronavirus T cells in you again uh, to keep you away from COVID-19. So those are the latest informations that I have on, on COVID. Uh, be aware, we are expecting heat and significant heat starting this weekend. We also have the possibility for strong thunderstorms, but I wanna focus on the heat and we are going to be having heat indices in the 90s, upper 90s and into the hundreds, definitely Sunday through Wednesday. So this will be our biggest amount of heat that we will face in 2021 so far. You need to check on loved ones. I'm sure that cooling centers will most likely be open. You need to get yourself hydrated as much as possible, water, Gatorade, fruit juice, things like that. Stay away from the caffeine, if, if at all possible. Definitely don't do alcohol. And most importantly, do not leave children and do not leave animals in a car situation for whatever reason at all. No children, no animals left in cars. You will be facing prosecution guaranteed. So do your best to stay cool. We will have a uh, opportunities for thunderstorms and speaking of weather before we go to our interview uh, we had some great news that came from Matt Rudkin formerly from WSBT our favorite meteorologist Matt Rudkin has made his big announcement and that is he is going to be starting in September his own online weather station Matt Rudkin Weather which will be available on Instagram, Twitter and definitely Facebook Facebook under meteorologist Matt Rudkin. He's got thousands of followers that just follow him. He did mention that he's going to be working for United in, the, in one of the capacities. We were hoping to interview him today but he wasn't reachable. Hopefully next week we'll We'll talk more with uh, Matt if he's interested and uh, learn a little bit more about Matt Rudkin weather. So stay tuned for that. It sounds very exciting. Read his post to know a little bit more and, and hopefully I'll get a chance to interview him next week. All right, so let's go ahead and go into racing mode. 
Uh, take a look at the video I shared of the Nashville downtown IndyCar track. It looks pretty awesome and tight and unique uh, over the bridge. And next weekend is the Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix, which will have uh, some coverage on Friday late afternoon on Michiana Homegrown Talent Radio. So after these messages, we'll go on to Ron Varesh. Have a good weekend. News Nation this hour. I'm Bob Kessler. New numbers out today show the U.S. added more than 900,000 jobs last month. Washington correspondent Trevor Shirley has more. That's a lot better than the 860,000 jobs many economists had predicted. The unemployment rate also fell to 5.4 percent, down from 5.9 percent. Data shows many of the new jobs were in leisure and hospitality, education, and professional services. Experts say the data shows the labor market is rebounding well after last year's pandemic collapse. There are some concerns about the spread of the coronavirus Delta variant and how that may impact the continued recovery. The aide to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who accused him of groping her, has filed a criminal complaint against him. It's the first known instance where a woman's made an official report with police over alleged misconduct by the governor. An independent investigation found Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women and tried to retaliate against one of his accusers. He's denied the groping allegation, saying the encounter did not happen. California's largest active wildfires now burned an area bigger than Los Angeles, forcing the evacuation of nearly 30,000 people. Ron Pucci is one evacuee. All of a sudden, the wind kicked up, blew embers, smoke right in my eyes, and uh, blew the water right back in my face. The Dixie Fire also engulfed the small northern town of Greenville, which dates back 170 years to California's gold rush era. More than 90 million Americans are still unvaccinated as new COVID-19 cases top 100,000 per day. It's impacting schools as they plan to get ready for the fall. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona has a message to governors who've banned mitigation measures like mask mandates in classrooms. It's all hands on deck. Don't be the reason why schools are interrupted. Our, our kids have suffered enough. Cardona and Vice President Kamala Harris's husband will travel to school districts next week as part of the White House's back-to-school week of action to get more young people vaccinated. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm Bob Kessler. It is Friday. The weekend is here. It is August the 6th. How are you doing out there? You're listening to the afternoon podcast for SME Community Radio. We call it Michigan Speak Out where you, the guests, can chime in on any topic by leaving a voicemail for us, or we will go ahead and do a interview show, and we love talking to folks. And so when we come back, we're going to be talking to Ron Varesh on our weekend preview of motorsports. Stay tuned. Let's go to the news. I, I, I think we have connection here. Yes, we do. We have communication. Holy smokes. I got reset the uh, Wi-Fi password and it went through. So that, that, I don't know if that helped or not, but uh, I did a speed check and there's like a couple options you can do that when you look on your computer and that. So I redid that too. So hopefully this is a faster response. They have like different towers, I guess, or something you can. <laughs> so I, 
hopefully it's all looking good here. I kind of did a double check on everything, and I think we're in one piece here. Yeah, you're sounding real good. You're back to normal again. Back on Tuesday when we chatted, it was it was a doozy. But we made yeah, it and I was having trouble with the even the speed on the the um, computer too. It was like it was just like it was kind of like it was acting lost once in a while, and you kind of had to hit it again and hit it again. So it uh, <laughs> goodness sakes. Yeah, we gotta love commu- computers and technology and the phones and the internet. So tell us what is going on for racing this weekend. Uh, I know that I've shared you, uh, highlighted you for the. Music City Grand Prix, the IndyCar race in downtown Nashville. But tell us what's going on locally and some of the other area tracks. Okay, uh, kind of starting off the bat, go to the eastern side of the state. We got Angola Motorsports uh, Speedway Park there. They call it a lot of different names, but we just the old old name is the Angola Motor Speedway, and they have the Al Cook Memorial, and um, it. it uh, He's uh, raced years, and he passed away. Oh goodness, I'm gonna have to think about this. I think about nine years ago from cancer, eight years ago. And they have always the first weekend in August. They have a big race for him, and it's it was number 88. So it's all kind of eights is in the numbers, and it's I think it's fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred eighty-eight dollars to win for the late model. All right, and they'll get all kinds of lap money, all kinds of awards, and increments of 88. And they've been getting all about 14, 16 late model sportsmen uh, a week. And with this added money, and they'll get some guys getting their cars out of the garage and some out-of-towners rolling in. And they'll, hopefully they'll get about 20, 24 late model sportsmen. And it's a big crowd. And it's really cool at the honor. Al, he raced at uh, Fort Wayne primarily back in the day there. But uh, his son, uh, brother Tommy Cook, races there in the sportsman class and uh, wins a lot of races. And so then they got the memorial race. They started that up over there. We've been there a couple of times for that event and a great way to honor the family and everything. It's a lot of people, you know, to the races that don't normally go up there and stuff. And well, there part, part of that show there, they also have the modifieds that will be running. And there's a big race at Springport tomorrow and uh, for 10,000 to win, but they'll still get about 20 modifieds up there at Angola for their show. And then they'll have the street stocks, mini stocks, and front-wheel drive classes. So the Al Cook Memorial over there at Angola Motor, Speed, Motor uh, Speedway. And then you come back a little bit closer to this way, New Paris is going to have a night of destruction. We had that big race last night, the Sizzler, and we'll go into the details on that. Um, yeah, I look forward to hearing about that. And uh, that was a great show there. But they have a night of destruction, and they always normally have a night of destruction after that race. And they'll have some different, uh, like trailer races and a pole race, and uh, um, you know a lot of different um, events with that. And they'll have about ten events. I think it's like fifteen to twenty bucks to get, and you're gonna have to double check the internet on that for pricing and stuff. But uh, a lot of entertainment, and you know the place is normally packed with people for that type of event. Um, been there a couple times for the events there, and you know they'll get a hundred and some cars in the pits. Um, some guys wow. will as many their vehicles as many times as they can any different events and stuff in it. Um, there's really not a per se demolition derby, and that used to be the old night of destruction when you think demolition derbies. But mm-hmm. some tracks went away from demolition derbies, but they have actually on track events. They'll do a burnout contest. Um, they'll have a truck trailer race, a car trailer race. Um, 
different different events and it does cause a lot of destruction so um the drivers can get injured in these things too the um this with a lot of beating and banging in that so sometimes you might hear someone got hurt at the speedway and uh, uh you know, having a serious injury does not happen that often it, it can happen but uh a lot of entertainment for people there and um it, uh, like I say, it's 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 a different type of entertainment, and people like watching crashes and this and that. And they have the cars decorated up, and it's uh, I don't know how there's any cars left in junkyards after they do some of these events. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah, how- yeah, I bet. Uh, go over here to Sopped Motor Speedway, and it's going to be a a full program with the late models, and then the late model sportsmen, street stocks, front wheel drives, Hornets, mini stocks, and the Illini Midget Series is coming in. And a lot of people say, what's a midget? And back when stopping first opened up, the midgets was what was being ran out there. And they're 78 inch, four cylinder, open wheel. They look like a sprint car, but a little bit smaller. And the right. series, they're really out of Illinois. And you got one guy or this guy that might come out of Kalamazoo, or you might get one guy from the eastern side of the state that's legal. But most of the guys really are out of Chicago. Joliet, Rockford, Illinois area, and they'll get about anywhere from eight to ten of those. And they kind of midgets were really popular even through the eighties. And then guys started um, really making some big money in those motors, and uh, USAC was running them. They kind of went down to uh, car counts, and then some tracks were like we can't afford to pay a purse when there's only six, seven cars racing. The line I came up about five, six years ago. And they're like, we've got to have try to have a harder right rear tire. We, we're going to try to not let really high-end motors rule the class or anything. So they they pay a little bit less than what the old USAC was 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 paying to try to keep guys from really putting a lot of money into it. And uh, like I said, they've raced primarily at Rockford, at Grundy County, and at South Bend. Entertaining. They look just like a regular midget back in the day. They had that four-cylinder sound. They tweak. They jute around. They run on slicks. So they're see a little short card juking around back and forth and they can't get in the wall. They can't get upside down. So it's a, it's pretty good racing with those guys there. Mm-hmm. And that's at Sopin motor speedway. You got Plymouth motor speedway, I believe they got the regular program on going on down there. And, uh, you know, the weeks are starting to wind down in August, you know, kind of at the end of August is when the, uh, tr- a lot of the tracks close and they run a couple big events there and stuff, but they had the sprint store last week. I believe they got a regular program going on down there this weekend there. And the Modifieds. Uh, another track that's in the play now, uh, Montpelier, they ran last week. And people want to keep checking the website. But I believe they're racing again this week. And that's Montpelier, Indiana, which is about 110 miles from South Bend, uh, down 31. And you cut across east on 18. And that track was closed uh, this year. Uh, Hunter was running it, John Hunter. And... Um, you know, it had kind of like a family operation, and they would can't they would cancel often when it would rain because they had a lot of problems with drainage over there. But Larry Booz, the guy that actually uh, runs uh, runs Eldora before there with Tony Stewart, he actually took over the reins at Montpelier, and they started racing last week. So it's like baby steps. There, he's a it's just a Saturday night track. And uh, all right. But they want to double check the website on that for uh, if they are running down there. So you know, that's kind of something in our listing, our viewing area. Going to Friday night, actually, Hartford Motor Speedway, uh, just uh, northeast, northwest of South Bend here, about 45 miles. They got a stock car special paying 3000 to win tonight. And they normally pay 500 to win, 400 to win. 
tracks where they're going to have 3,000 to win for 30 cars for 30 laps. Wow, that's pretty good. And they'll grab some of the Plymouth cars. will sneak up there for that. And they'll get maybe some Illinois guys. And they'll get some other guys that will sneak down from the northern part of the state with those rules. Kind of like dirt. There's not as many classes. And they have – the rules are more um, – stable i guess might be the better wording so you go from different tracks in the area pavement wise and they'll have a little bit different name and a little bit different rule and it's a different tire it's a different weight it's a different uh shock package and guys are like oh, i just can't run you know i can't change my car over for this and that and then the different names but when you go to dirt a dirt modified is a dirt modified uh, the stock car classes a lot of them are pretty common with the rules so if a guy's legal at kinkakee as a super uh, super stock, then they'll be limitly illegal at Plymouth. They can go up and run Hartford on Friday night. Where they don't always see that with the uh, pavement. Some people always they need to go more standardized rules for pavement to make rules more common for cars, so they can travel. And uh, kind of like sometimes racing, it, it gets more complicated than what it needs to be. The old days of racing, there was two three classes, and uh, a late model was a late model was a late model, and then. Mm-hmm. As it goes with evolution, it's like, okay, if you're a Kalamazoo late model, can you run South Bend? Pretty much so. Are you a late model? Can you go run at Berlin? Now the rules are a little bit different there. Then can you run? You know, it's like, oh goodness sakes, it gets sometimes it complicates itself maybe more so than it needs to. Wow. But, but uh, going to New Paris last night, the Sizzler, the twentieth edition. And the race started back 20 years ago. Irv Sterrett, a kind of a, he raced up out in Niles, Michigan. He raced New Paris primarily, but not a high buck operation. An open trailer type guy. Um, he came out of World War II and uh, his dad raced. Then he started racing late models. So he was kind of an oldster back then, even when you go back to uh, 2001. And they paid 20000 to win. And it was like, I think it was 300 to start. And some people... 20,000, but the payoff wasn't the greatest. But as Donnie Klotz, the promoter at New Paris, would say, how many people get a chance to run for $20,000? Not many. And at opening uh, race, I think it was 31 late models showed up to race. And it was a, a mix of New Paris late models. Some Kalamazoo guys had to try to convert their cars over. A couple guys from out of town, but Irv, and if you would have probably called Vegas up, you would have had some really good odds. He ended up winning the race in $20,000, the biggest win in his career by far. And the race took off after that, and it's had a lot of different winners over time. It had a lot of different winners over the years. Uh, Andy Bozell is another one that won in that time frame going through the years. Uh, Ronnie Maynard. And, um, geez, uh, let's see. Phil Bozell was another one that won in time. And John Delari. And then the Orgs were rolling up in there too with the big money. And the big money went from twenty thousand to ten thousand. It was a seven thousand for a few years. It's been ten thousand the last three or four years. And I mean, uh, used to, uh, even the second year we had fifty-five late models on hand. And wow, the cars had just gone down. And um, last night was twenty thousand to win, and we had twenty-seven late models on hand over the two days. Uh, Mike Thayer was there on third uh, Wednesday night. He crashed. Uh, 30 late model was there and his car broke down yesterday um had to end up having like 25 late models on hand yesterday and some of the big name guys they couldn't make events it's a bit of midweek race the whole time and some people say they need to go to a weekend show with that on a friday saturday because not that many tracks are running late models on the weekend anymore but uh, they've held true to running it on thursday like say we had 
25 late models on hand uh, with a 30 car break and would have made 26. And you go to time trials and Tyler Warrig was the leaderboard there with fast time. J.R. Warrig was in the mix there at second quick. And then he had Steve Stacy, Sean Amor, and Jack Lannis was the top five. They took, they had a last chance race and Matt Frazier from Kalamazoo and Bobby Schuster transferred over. So that gave it 22 cars for the starting field. Uh, Kevin Sauer from Southland Motor Speedway started on the pole and it was uh, Jacob Maynard on the outside and Jacob Maynard took off with the lead and he led the first, I think, 27, 28 laps. And they, when they do the restarts, they were doing the, the uh, Madhouse restarts where people can pick and choose the inside and the outside. And we're back with Ron Parash. We're not sure exactly what happened there. We got disconnected. Just boom, you were going good and talking about the race. And then all of a sudden, we just got cut off. So uh, pick it back up again right after the pole position. Okay. So then uh, J.R. Warrig, he was a quick time. They inadvertent, they inverted 24, and then they ended up having a last chance race. And those, uh, they had like seven cars, six cars in that race. Matt Frazier from Kalamazoo and Bobby Schisler uh, ran many times over at New Paris. They ended up being the two cars that transferred. That put 22 into the starting field for that late model race. The inversion was 14, so he had Kevin Sauer from Southland Motor Speedway and the Vern Sauer 48. And Jacob Maiden in the 23 uh, lead, lead the cars to the 100-lap race, all green flag racing. Jacob, Maynards are something else on these restarts. They either have some sort of class they take at their house or something but they always do so well on the restarts and any kind of starts of races and jacob took off and led um had a really big lead actually on the field kevin was running in second and guys were settling in a couple of big name guys end up dropping out early uh steve stacy something happened to the car it lost power he got it fired up pulled off the track never came back out again sean amor slowed up on the track Yellow came out, and they had kind of a little bit of a bang up on the backstretch there, and Kenny Whitman was, uh, and Austin Maynard collided together there. Kenny was out of the race after that. Um, actually, Austin did come back out later on. Uh, Sean went in the pits and didn't, uh, did not come back out, so the, they started the race up again, and side-by-side -side restart, and Jacob takes off. Now, they did a Delaware restart, and what they did there, instead of a side-by-side -side restart, they put the lead car by himself, and then the cars that were second, third, uh, were, or kind of like row two, third and fourth was in the, the third row, and they were side by side. So the leader was by himself, and a little bit different way they restarted. But Jacob took off, led, um, going well into the tw lap 20s there, and other cars dropping out. Then he had the Warrigs, JR and uh, Tyler. They were like sixth and seventh though, as the field was racing there. A lot of single file racing. Um, they did put the, the Coke Circle. EHT on the track to get an outside groove out there, and some guys are trying it. Uh, Donnie Klotz was out there, and uh, he was trying to get around Kevin Sauer, and he was kind of going high and low, and uh, Kevin spun out, and Donnie uh, tapped out, went to the tail. He ended up just getting the back end of Kevin there. So Donnie went to the tail, a previous uh, winner of the race. Kevin was back in second, got his spot back. Uh, race started up again. Jacob's taking off. He's leading again. And then Tyler Warwick, he got on the outside of J.R. Warwick, made the pass. He got on the outside of Jackie Lannis, made the pass uh, on Corey Ryman. He got up there to uh, Bud Perry, made the pass. He got around. Kevin at the time made the pass. Kevin uh, dropped out with a vibration there, and he was running in the top five, top three. And Tyler ended up catching up to Jacob Maynard, made the pass. 
and led the race less rest of the race make say that fast five times for the win he won a little 500 back in may and he's had a couple other runs but uh not the victory circle but uh he ended up leading that race uh throughout now one year he was leading it there uh, and he ran out of gas and uh, it's like uh -oh. made sure they had enough gas in that car this time uh, but uh tyler won the race in twenty thousand dollars um, I think it was his biggest win in late model uh, payment racing. They you know they done some ten thousand to win shows, and the little five hundred that he's won, that was like a thirty thousand dollar to win race for the five hundred lap uh, sprint car main. But uh, Jacob Maynard, uh, great run for him, got second place. Actually, his trans his uh, power steering line went out at the victory, at the checkered flag lap there, just past victory lane. And it may put a lot of smoke up in the air, and everybody thinking, "Oh my God, what happened there?" But uh, he came down and talked to us afterwards there, and. He says, I'm glad it was just a power steering line at the end of the race there. It wasn't an engine because some people thought the engine blew up on it. Uh, Bud Perry got third place. He comes out of Edgerton, Ohio. J.R. Warrigan, I'm getting fourth. He got around Jackie Landis right at the tail end. Then it was Corey Ryman, Adam Terry, Matt Frazier, Craig Everidge, Jaden Kurtachi got 10th place. And then Donnie Klotz. And that was the last cars that were running on the track. They had love cars finish. Uh, Austin Maynard dropped out towards the end as well as Andrew DeVries. Travis Slayball, uh, Scott Ross was another one that dropped out. So very good race there. The modifieds on hand, they had a couple guys that dropped out um, after the hot laps there on Wednesday, and they ended up starting uh, the cars on the property, 18 modifieds. A lot of action up in the lead there. Uh, Logan Parker led the first, um, I think, 17 laps. We did a lap board, of course. And Logan Parker led 17 laps. And then he got um, passed by Al Berry. Uh, Logan went to the tail on a ruck on um, suing Green Flag. And then Al Berry led for the next 16 laps. And Connor Landis, that started in 11th, ended up taking the lead and, uh, win, and wins the race for $2,000. Plus another $110 in lap money. Um, Why well, I say a lot of action from second on back. And Bubba Smith, a guy that came out of North Canton, Ohio, got second place out of it. And then Corey Pressler got third right, right at the line. He got around Al for third place. Al Berry ended up getting fourth. And then Kevin Gunkel got fifth, a local favorite. Uh, Nick Weimer got sixth. Logan Parker came back to get seventh. Steve Slater got eighth. Chad Richardson got ninth. And then Arthur Reynolds got tenth. So um, say they had a really good crowd on hand out there, and uh, you know always always the amount of wrecks and stuff in the different races, and they had a really good, pretty good pile up there in the modified race. They took out uh, Jason Timmerman, Aaron Timmerman on a on a restart spin there, but uh, good to see that track alive and doing that 20th anniversary. And that's a uh, when you see that race on a Thursday, there's. And you say you got about 19, 20 modifieds there racing and the 20 some late models, but you got a ton of racing drivers there that just come out to spectate. So it was good to see a lot of drivers come out and uh, oh, sit sounds and like a pretty race. awesome time. Yeah, it's very festive. And I got a lot of good shots of drivers in the pits. I talked to a lot of people in the grandstands that came by and said hi and that. And, um, it, it was a, a very fun, very fun uh day there at the track long day i worked from midnight till nine o'clock in the morning got home and got stuff situated for the show last night took a lot of folks out there and rolled in the house just after the race got done just before 11 o'clock and i rolled in myself after taking all the setup down it was about 12 30 so it was a 
24 hour, 25 hour day there. And I was, uh, of course, as soon as I sat in the chair, I dozed off there. I bet. We did the interviews. We posted the interviews on uh, Facebook plus SME radio. So you can watch the interviews there. And like I say, then it's going to be South Bend tomorrow night for us back over there. And uh, with the sixth division show, then we're back at Mucklawn Speedway on Sunday night. Uh, the street stocks are uh, in action there and the modifieds after the two week, you know, we always have every other week and uh, should be a dandy show down there at McClellan. Let's say we had 85 on hand. Uh, we got a couple big shows coming up Labor Day weekend. We're going to have a 5,000 to win modified race and a 2,500 to win street stock race. So, uh, get, you know, got some things going on down there at McClellan Speedway. And I'd say, where's McClellan? That's uh, about, you know, for me, it's 150 miles one way south to South Bend. Um, if you're in Elkhart County, you can take 19 down and cut across on 26, take nine, go south there, or take 69 down to 108 and cut across over there. But like I say, we're going to be down there. We're going to do the photos like we always do. And, you know, the drilling interviews as well. So, uh, you know, racing's kind of in, in uh, full still right now with the uh, tracks going things i think nascar's got the this weekend off again so i think uh, you know if you want to check out like the royal bot laws they got you know knoxville iowa they got the races coming up there you know different things going on now there was something that happened with aaron rootsell in new york with those royal bot law sprint car now they check the weight every single time and they check the different things on the cars but he ended up getting his car checked out and it sounds like uh the thickness was a little bit thinner on the car itself and you got to run a certain thickness, you know, for safety reasons. And they actually suspended him for 30 days from competition. Oh, wow. Um, as a, you know, multi-thousand hour. Wait, what was that again, Keith? I said, yeah, you got to play by the rules. Yeah, and it's weird that they tried to sneak this thing in and thinking, you know, we won't get caught or something. I don't know. You know, there's always a lot of finger point going on when something like that happens. You know, when drivers get caught, they're always stressed. They're always pushing the rules to try to get by. And, you know, thinking, oh, this won't get checked out. Well, whether the tech crew for the World of Outlaws caught it or someone on the inside kind of like, hey, Rutzel, they're Ross Raything, they're trying to do something a little bit uh, illegal here. Hey, tech guys, check 83, check the wall thickness of this, the chassis or something. And sometimes when NASCAR guys would get caught, it's always someone else in the garage that kind of overheard it or heard a rumor or saw something going on and said, hey, check check the Gordon car, check the Johnson car for this and that, or, hey, checked out the Keselowski ride for this and that. And, um, you know, the car owner even got docked points. The driver got docked 500 points. There's a money uh, uh, deal going on there as well. And uh, the Rootsel team, you know, they're one of those teams that they may not win too many races. I mean, Marcedo wins a lot of races and the Slezzy team, and there's other teams that win a lot. Uh, the shots operation, maybe they tried to do something to try to get into that mix. And uh, obviously they got caught and got docks. So now Parker Price Miller, a guy that raced, uh, he's based out of Kokomo, Indiana. He's actually the driver of that ride for the next uh, 30 some days. Okay. So, uh, kind of a wild deal there. So when you read that up, it's like, yeah, the guy got caught and illegal. And then you go look again and thought, what the heck happened there? And then you read up on it a little bit and thought, how did they try to get away with that? I mean, you know, they check those cars all the time. But maybe when they race some week, night after night after night, and it's amazing the kind of racing the Road of Outlaws do, they're the ultimate traveling group. And there's teams that are based out of different parts of the country, and they'll have parts shipped to different areas for other different race drivers that will kind of open up their shop. You know, the old days, Bobby Allen was out of Hanover, Pennsylvania. A lot of the drivers were friends with Bobby, 
and they would have parts shipped to Hanover when they would go through there to, um, as they raced throughout the country. And they would stop at Bobby Allen's place, and Steve Kinzer would have parts sitting there, motor parts, different parts of the race car. Sammy Swindell would do the same thing. Um, Danny Lasowski would do the same thing. So, you know, different areas. Indy would be another hot spot for a racing team based out of there to have parts shipped even from their competitors to their shop so they could stop there and pick things up. Because as they're on the road every, you know, every other race, they really never return home. And um, it's kind of a unique deal. Sid Bladford, he was out of Colorado, and he was a sprint car racer. And he was, uh, his dad says, you can do anything you want. You know, he graduated college. What do you want? He says, I want to race one year on the World of Outlaws. And they put a team together, and he traveled, and he just could not believe the amount of, you know, back and forth there, you know. He says, man, we love Colorado. I ended up, you know, getting hooked up with the team. He says, there's no way we could have got home for, like, the first two months of the racing. You just can't return there. And uh, then they'll go through the Dakotas, and they'll go through the Wisconsin. They'll have a few days off, and then they're back at Eldora. They do the, you know, a couple races in Ohio. Then they'll go to Pennsylvania. Then they're down swinging around different parts. And it, it, they're even on the West Coast out at Skagit, out in Washington State with the World of Outlaws. It's amazing to travel at those teams doing how they do it. Oh, I didn't even realize that, but I know they've been in Plymouth for a few times throughout the, throughout the season. So that's just amazing. I'm learning, learning a lot of things as I talk to you there, Ron, and I look forward to learning a lot more. Well, Ron, I'm going to let you go. Um, and Ron, I want to thank you so much for this exciting preview of the week. Um, could you do me something, a big favor over this weekend? Oh, what you need there? Uh, could you let us know on SME Community Radio um, and also your page what racetracks are going to be requiring masks given the COVID and the COVID plus, well, the, the Delta and Delta plus variants? Yeah, nothing. Every track is open right now. I haven't read anything yet going on there, but well, things can change in a matter of days. I mean, sometimes you might get one organization or one track that says required, and then it might be that. And uh, the social distancing will be another thing we'll talk about, too, where they're going to do some more. Maybe they're going to go back to social distancing because even back on July 4th, they basically opened everything up at every track. And tracks like South Bend, New Paris, they had every other row taped off where people couldn't sit there, you know, just to be on the safe side. Correct. And they opened it all up. So, you know, we'll keep tabs on that, too, and even on the higher levels of, you know, IndyCar racing, NASCAR, and then even the uh, the regional series of racing, how they're going to go about that. Because, you know, there's all kinds of, as you say, the lawsuits and all kinds of other things that could go down and really cause a lot of uh, – <laughs> well, a lot of uh, um, added complications to things. That might be the better wording there. All right. All right, sounds sounds good. I appreciate your help on that, Ron, because this COVID variant stuff that's coming through is coming pretty fast, and a lot of openings are starting to get closed or restricted. And so I want to make sure that people are in the loop, especially when it comes to racing and schools and buildings and businesses and all sorts of stuff. So thank you on that. Yeah, let's once the state says something has to be done, it's going to be that state. You know, it might like last year we had Indiana, we can do racing up here. And Whitmer closed all the racing down in Michigan. So, you know, there's like no racing at Michigan whatsoever. And then, you know, Indiana kind of you know, flourished a little bit from some of the guys. Man, we got to do something. We got we got these cars. We got sponsors. They got the itch to race. And some guys are like, hey, I don't have, you know, too many more years. I'm going to be able to do this. I need to go travel somewhere then. 
So uh, that's going to be kind of like where the big brother state's going to say something. Then it's the, the, you know, the businesses and obviously in that state will have to follow suit. And then there's uh-huh. all kinds of complications if they don't. Goodness gracious, courts and everything else there. So, all right. Well, yeah. One and and racing is a business, and it generates a lot of income and revenue and shopping and travel and everything. So, yeah, I can agree with you on what you're saying there. So, well, Ron, uh, forward to talking to you for a race recap on Monday afternoon. For sure, there, and be sure to keep checking out my Facebook page. And then whenever I do something, I post. I'm gonna be posting a lot of long pictures today and new pairs pictures. And be sure to check out my page. I always put everything on SME Radio, unless you unless you share it before I even get a chance to. So pretty quick on that because I'm looking like, what did he share? And I'm looking, I'm like, man, I just posted that, but I, I try to go through a list of. Yeah, just just the way timing works. Yeah, and I'm like, how did he share that? I mean, I, I, some people even, you know, like something before I think I even posted something. <laughs> know that I'm even posting something, you know, it's kind of like to read my mind. But uh, I, try, I try to share it also on Oval Track News and then my own page or the Fans of New Paris page or the South Bend Fans page there as well. Or I get hit with questions right away and I'm like answering stuff right off the bat. How did this guy do or what happened there, you know? And uh, it, uh, it's great though to have people with interest in the racing business, uh, local racing wise. It's uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's all hobbies for all of us, you know. If that could be, you know, some there's no professional drivers out there um, that only do it around this area. It's just really drivers. There's a nine to five job for them, and uh, you know, this is all spare time kind of a thing. But it, it there's a lot of work involved in it, and a lot of you can make it really complicated sometimes, and. Uh, you know, say you can get really busy too doing this. <laughs> hey, I'll be the first to mention. I'll be the first to say that. Well, I understand that. Okay, Ron, we really appreciate your great insight and reporting and and bringing the local motorsports scene to SME Community Radio and to a whole new group of fans. And and thank you so much. And look forward to talking to you on Monday. For sure there. I'll, I'll be all slough up again. I know we're doing McLaughlin. That's going to be a long day again, you know, the three-hour drive there and back. And love the place down there. So, um, you know, we'll do it in the afternoon there. And definitely when I get home, I try to post some interviews up real quick. And then it's like hit the hay. And uh, when I wake up, I wake up. So uh, I understand that. I work following, you know, that week as well there too. So I go in at midnight. So I'm two Monday nights. So I got all day Monday basically to catch up on sleep and heads and tail what's going on. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll let you go and uh, have a safe weekend. I know that the heat is definitely going to be an issue on Sunday. They're talking about heat indices uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, at least 100 degrees. So be careful and tell everybody to do the same. And anybody that's going to be at the racetrack, you know, you may not be able to bring a cooler in, check the track rules and regulations, but boy, make sure you keep hydrated because you don't want to sit in the stands and, uh, you know, have a health issue. We've had, you know, exactly. That's the one thing we don't want to have happen. So, all right, we will hear from you on Monday, same time about 345. All right. Thank you so much, Keith. And uh, you guys be safe over there too. All right. That's Ron Varesh and we'll be back with more of the program. Take care, Ron. Oh, thank you so much, sir, Keith. You take care now. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Happy Friday. Welcome to Happy and Whole in Him. I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. This week, we've been talking about the rhythm of life that Jesus calls us to. We're called to work and to see it as good in Christ and having eternal meaning. 
or also called the rest, not run ourselves ragged because we're finite creatures. God made us to have regular stops, a rhythm of work, rest, work, rest. And this is actually the rhythm of the gospel. We take up the yoke of Christ while it is light and we rest in the it is finished of the cross at night. But some of you may be thinking, uh, it's Friday, Pastor Joel, my work ends soon and I want to have some fun. Well, I have good news for you, my friend. God wants us to have recreation too. Now, as we saw earlier this week, our attitude should not be that work is a necessary evil that we suffer through because we live to buy toys and have fun. And neither should we pack so much recreation into our week that our work or rest suffers. All needs to be in balance. We need rhythm. And we see that rhythm in Jesus' life. As he worked, he ministered. Jesus slept. And Jesus had a reputation for going to parties. Luke 5.29, Luke 7.34. It is good for the body and the soul to rejuvenate and to enjoy the gifts that God has given us in this world. See Psalm 104, 14 and 15. I know Christians who work, 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 and don't know how to stop and have fun. I remember pastors who said the devil never took a vacation, so we shouldn't either. They would quote 2 Corinthians 4, 16, Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. So they didn't take care of their bodies, or they worked themselves ragged. And I watched many of them burn themselves out and they never recovered. I believe that much of the churches overemphasize the centrality of soul care to the neglect of the body. Yet man is body and soul. That is why the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.14 Jesus came in a body. He lived in a body. And He was raised from the dead in a body. And He now sits in heaven in a body right now. We do ourselves a disservice if we neglect care of our body for the sake of our souls. And that includes times of recreation, which is also good for the soul. Now, recreation is going to look different for different people. For nearly two decades, I worked very physical jobs and I needed time to let my body rest. I needed downtime, which was good for my body. Uh, proof in point that this works is four-time Olympic runner Bernard Lagat from Kenya. One of the reasons he was so good was that he actually took a whole month off every year. He would not exercise at all and instead he would pig out, gaining at least eight pounds. He called this time pure bliss and it helped him to perform better the other 11 months of the year. For some of us, our work is the opposite. I now sit in front of a computer or I read books for many hours a week and what I need is to get away from the screen and get my body moving. I get out almost every day for a walk. And I don't really get Sundays off as a pastor, so on Wednesday, I like to do home projects. And this is good for my soul because I can see tangible accomplishments I don't typically see in my regular work. Both my body and my soul are rejuvenated through a little sweat labor. And there are numerous studies that show regular workouts are good for the body and improve life expectancy and more. If you're a Christian, you need to take care of your body because of 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That context there means avoiding sinful pleasures, 
but it is also enjoying those things that please God. So lastly, as we end this week's Happy and Whole in Him, I want to encourage your recreation to include getting your body out into God's creation. Use your eyes and look at the birds. Hear their chirps with your ears. Check out the fall colors beginning to come in. Feel the breeze on your skin. And remind yourself how much God loves you because he's given you such a wonderful world. So let's thank him with Psalm 104, 24, and 25. Let us pray. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you've made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond numbers, living things both large and small. The heavens declare your glory. The skies proclaim your handiwork. What is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? Heavenly Father, we ask that in all our work, in all our rest, and in all our leisures, that our hearts will ever be lifted up to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Maybe you're not sure how you'll make rent, or you lost your job. When you don't know where to turn, let 211 be your guiding light. Our guides are ready to connect you with the help you need. 211, how can I help you? Call or visit 211.org. 211, get connected, get help. A message from United Way and the Ad Council.